welcome to The Long Take Review, a film podcast with one eye always on the Oscar race. I'm your host, Jen Subchache Banker, and I'm here with my friend, who surely was a friend in a past life, Antonio Orofano. How are you doing, Antonio? I'm doing wonderful. It's, I'm excited to be back. It's been a while, so I'm really excited to be here, especially with this movie. Yeah, me too. I'm really excited. So we are talking about the breakout indie film Past Lives, which, you know, may not be on everybody's radar. It's only on my radar because I follow Oscarologists and, and, and movie critics that are like ahead of ahead of the curve in terms of what's coming out. But and it's got already got a lot of buzz. But before we get into that film, I want to do a quick movie news check in. So Antonio, what's what's going on in your movie going life? Anything new? Any news? Any new trailers? What's going on? Well, first, I want to talk about um, there are a couple of movies that I've that I've seen um, that I saw recently. And um, and they're sort of in the same wheelhouse as as I think past lives. Um, so you, you at, at the beginning, like a, a few months ago, you sent like a, a list of like films that we were going to review and 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 then and then we all got to sort of like pick which ones uh, which ones we wanted. And it reminded me of like um, being a kid and, and my family, we all got to pick a movie every week that everyone would have to watch. Right. And so my mom and dad always wanted like action movies and suspense. My sister always wanted romantic comedies and everyone hated my weeks because <laughs> my were were what my mom derisively call like the critically acclaimed movie, <laughs> and um, which uh, which just meant whatever sort of like odd what movie that would only last for two weeks in Beaumont, Texas, whatever happened to be there, we would go to it, and I would force them to to watch it, and um, so there were movies that like no one else had ever heard of, um, or at least like you know, most people that I that I grew up with never heard of. Um, so, so anyway, when I saw past lives on the list, I was like, I want that. I'm grabbing that one. <laughs> and I was so excited uh, to do it. So, um, in that sort of same vein, um, you know, I, I saw Kelly Reichardt's showing up, um, maybe a month or a month and a half ago. Um, and, uh, and Nicole Hall of Center's, uh, you hurt my feelings. And I, I like, oh. yeah. How, yeah. how was that? Well, I've heard I, good I, things. I liked both of them, but especially the latter. Um, I think I I think I admired showing up more than I more than I loved it enjoyed it, mm-hmm. um, but I loved it. But what what I admired about it was that it was very faithful to a world that I knew very little about, um, and and showing all of its sort of frustrations and the sort of tedium of it, um, and it, um, it it renewed my 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 love and faith in like Michelle Williams because we talked about that we talked about her 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 last um, film. Um, uh, uh, the Fablemans, but but this is her in a very realistic sort of vein, and Hong Chow is in it. Um, I, you know, I, I again, it, it, a lot of the movies felt a little bit tedious, but sort of purposefully tedious, and sort of recreating um, this world and these people who are very, um, very unusual and and have chosen a very unique kind of life. Um, the, it's a, it's about the artist's life, right? In particular, yeah. or sort of like a starving artist kind of figure exactly exactly and so sort of sort of the sort of frustrations of like you know you spend you know two weeks making like a sculpture and then the the person who's like firing the kiln like screws it up or something and how that's how that's just like incredibly devastating you know thing that 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 um and and how to express that um without seeming like a crazy person and and you know just it's it's um it was it was fascinating um even as like, I was like, I, I, I enjoyed that. Okay. <laughs> Whereas uh, you hurt my feelings. I thought was, 
absolutely was 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 wonderful and and really funny and um i i love uh, nicole hall center i i've loved her since um lovely and amazing um did you ever watch that movie like, i have not oh I, I i adore that movie it was my like feel-good movie for for years and years and um it's katherine keener emily mortimer brenda blethen's multi-generational um family drama centered on these women um and i found the the observations about these women about modern life to be really really sharp i, I find nicole hollow center to be like the cinematic equivalent of Lori Moore, which is about as high praise as I can as I can give to, to anyone. So those are the movies that I've seen. In terms of the trailer um, that I, I saw, um, I've seen at least twice, maybe three times, maybe all three movies that I've I've seen recently. It was Molly Gordon and Nick Lieberman's Theater Camp, <laughs> um, which um, seems like the young adult like comedy young adult comedy equivalent of like showing up. Um, and it looked like a lot of fun. And again, an introduction to a world I don't know very well, but one that I, I happily uh, watch for, for a couple of hours. So I have seen that movie. So I saw it virtually oh, through, through Sun. I saw it at Sundance. Yeah. And it was, it's, it was one of my favorite, favorite films coming out, coming out of that, that festival. I managed to see probably like eight or 10 films. And that one was definitely at the top of the list. So it's so funny. It's it. And it, I would highly recommend it when it, cause it is, it's probably hitting theaters soon if a trailer's out i would guess it's, it's supposed to come out this summer i think um yeah. if anybody it w did theater in high school or or even like dance or any sort of performing art yeah. or even was like a stage manager or did anything that had to do with kind of like the performing arts this movie really kind of like captures what that's like yeah. and and both the sense like the sincerity of like we love this life and we love being a theater kid, but then also kind of making fun of itself in a, in a nice and balanced way. So it's, yeah. yeah. And, and in a way that like surprised me, cause I feel like based on the premise, when I was looking through the program, I was like, Ooh, like this could be really cringy. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I don't want to watch, I don't want to watch those kids being made fun of, <laughs> right? Like I don't want them to be the butt of the joke. Um, but it, but I get the impression from the, from the trailer that it really did seem like a sort of celebration, like a funny celebration of, um, of, of yeah, uh, it's made by theater kids for theater kids, basically. Yeah, so go. I think, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, nice. Okay. My since we're talking about trailers, my trailers for past lives were very confusing because it was like blue beetle, uh, Oppenheimer, which I was like, okay, like that's that's just a big prestige movie like no matter for like that kind of cuts across a lot of different audiences yeah. but they and and then there was it was just like all big blockbuster action yeah superhero movies and i was like why do they think i'm like the only person who's interested in both of these types of films <laughs> <laughs> like why like why and but i feel like i'm part of a very small venn diagram intersection so like i was just like and and like it was so heavily leaning towards like big blockbusters that i was like i don't i just don't understand like maybe they just didn't even make a, a specific trailer reel and i'm like you're not even showing the barbie trailer like that at least is like <laughs> has the sort of like indie wit to it or something you know it seems like it will so yeah that was that was really weird i didn't understand i was like the the, the people who are here for past lives before it's even had its wide release yeah are not not going to be the ones who are like, I can't wait to see the blue beetle trailer. <laughs> so, um, but yeah. And actually speaking of uh, superhero movies, my, my, my movie news, it was a pretty slow news week. I actually, actually had to look up the, 
Hollywood Reporter and Deadline tend to be kind of my go-to sources for just like trade news. And, you know, there wasn't a ton going on, but the big headlines seem to be the box office that The Flash and Elemental, so two two big summer movies, presumably, are underperforming at the box office. They're not meeting kind of expectations for their opening weekends, um, which I feel like is, I was trying to think about like, what does that mean? Does that mean anything? You know, I think for The Flash, it's like the movie got overhyped and maybe they just overestimated how many people still care about DC movies at this point. <laughs> people, they, people have been hurt too many times before. And then Elemental, I feel like the same thing with Pixar. Pixar is definitely on a downturn. Fewer people get excited about Pixar movies just because they haven't been, they haven't had a really ho- a big hit in a really long time. Yeah. Um it's hard for me to, de- to determine what that, what alchemy is going to work for, for the Pixar movies. <laughs> um, it, it's just, it's just difficult for me to predict. I mean, like my kids sometimes are engaged, but, but um, um, I haven't seen elemental um, yet. Uh, that one I probably will see um, the flash. I mean, I don't, I don't follow either universes like either Marvel or DC as faithfully, uh, but I definitely care more about the Marvel universe. I find it more, you know, it's always seemed to be the more, more commercially successful, but also the more artistically um, successful. So it wasn't, it's not a super surprise to me to see the the movie underperform. Um, you know, the headlines about Ezra Miller probably don't help um, either. And um, also I think that there's some like multiverse exhaustion and, and like there are, there are, there are places that are handling that better. Um, and it, so why would I go watch the flash if I can go watch spider, you know, the Spider-Man movie. <laughs> so yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would definitely say if you had to choose between the two, a hundred percent go see into the <laughs> across the spider verse. Yeah. Um the, I have I'm actually working on a written review for the Flash uh that starts with Tom the you know, a teaser would be Tom Cruise lied to us. <laughs> <laughs> um but I because I actually I actually had a a fine time at the Flash. I liked it okay. Like it's it, it's not bad. Yeah. Um necessarily. It's especially compared to some other DC movies that yeah. I think people agree that we're not good but it's also not the best comic movie book movie ever which i feel like some people said coming some journalists said coming out of CinemaCon. so it's yeah. it's somewhere in between it's fine okay. okay so i think that's probably good enough for for a movie news update so i think we'll move into our main review now so if you're listening to us for the first time we try to do a spoiler free section first in case you have it, especially with a smaller film like this where you know i want to make sure we plug it enough because i think both you and i both liked it quite a bit so that people who haven't had a chance to see it can kind of listen for a little bit and we will make it very clear when we are about to switch into spoiler mode and talk about more details of the plot and, and things that are happening in the film yeah. itself um so just to give a little context because again as i mentioned at the top of uh, the show this is a movie it's not like the flash where it's like which has been in our faces and in the news constantly right like it's not something that's necessarily on people's radars unless you're kind of plugged into movie critics and so you know this is a film that i first heard about during the sundance film festival i've been since COVID, i've been doing the virtual they, they switched to having virtual screenings and i've been trying to do those remotely and it's been really great i really and i'm glad that they're keeping those you know they're kind of scaling the back a little bit but i'm glad that they still have them but this past lives was one of the films that had an in-person only screening and so what happened was you know i i it wasn't an option for me to see but then 
all of these critics coming out of Sundance when the ones who attended in person were were raving about this movie like oh this is going to be the maybe this is the best film of the year you know at that point it was like January so it would would have been easy to make that claim <laughs> right? to be like it's the best movie of the year the year Bailey had started uh but you know people were saying oh this is for sure going to get a best picture nomination we're going to talk at the end of the show about Oscar's prospects yeah. for this but you know it had a lot of buzz uh, and so I was really eagerly anticipating its release. So it had a limited release that started June 2nd, and then it's starting to get into more and more theaters. And then a, a wide release will be this Friday. So yeah. if you're if you're somewhere where it's not playing yet, just wait. It's <laughs> it'll probably be in a theater near you soon. Uh, so Antonio, have you been also waiting for this to come out? Yeah, I have been. I have a a, a friend and a, and a former student who is a is a huge film buff. Um, he actually just got back from the Cannes Film Festival. Um, he months ago, like, a, I don't know, a couple months ago, he sent me the trailer for this because he said that this was the movie that he was looking forward to the most. And and as soon as I saw the trailer, I thought, well, this is exactly the kind of movie <laughs> that I want to see and exactly the kind of movie that I want to see in the theater. The last time that we spoke, which was months ago, was an Oscar postmortem. I remember one of my regrets was not seeing some of my favorite movies in the theater, like Everything Everywhere All at Once and Tar. Mm -hmm. And when people talk about movies that you need to see in the theater, they often talk about these big like action movies like Top Gun Maverick or like Oppenheimer. Um, but I think, um, and I think that that's right, right? Um, but I also think that like really intimate movies that rely on like a spell being cast on its audience and just complete focus on characters, I think also need the theater. And the classic example, uh, a movie example of this for me was Lost in Translation, um, which was many years ago, right? The Scarlett Johansson and, and Bill Murray movie. I remember watching that in, I think it was in law school. And I was um, and I was on a trip with like two of my friends and we were like, um, it was a weekend in Vermont. And we just went to this tiny little indie theater and we watched it and we were all so spellbound by the movie that we just like, we went back to the theater, I think like a day later to watch it again. And it was just as magical. So I remember buying the DVD and then watching it at home and thinking like, oh, <laughs> like it's not, it's not the same. Um, you know, obviously it's the same movie, but it's just, it's not the same experience. And so much I think is reliant on, on, on you just really being with the movie and just the movie. And um, so I feel like Lost in Translation, Little Women was another movie that I feel that way. Manchester by the Sea. These are all very different movies, but, um, but I think they all benefit from that. So um, yeah, Manchester by the Sea, I remember watching in my living room at home. And there were certain parts and I was like, I almost wish I had seen this in the theater because I paused certain parts like we're not gonna spoil manchester by the sea it's a it's it's a great but heartbreaking film yeah. there you will know you know what i'm talking about there's certain parts where about. i like just got so overwhelmed that i just paused paused and went into my kitchen and got like a drink or a snack because like, i just yeah. couldn't i couldn't handle it whereas yeah. if i had been in a theater it would have forced me to kind of like confront my emotions in the moment more yeah. um so yeah i absolutely i absolutely agree with this and what's interesting is that as someone who follows sort of the discourse around the movie industry and kind of like where movies and theaters and streaming and all that stuff, where all that's going, I feel like the the narrative right now is that these quote unquote smaller movies or more intimate movies that aren't the big blockbuster, aren't the big visual spectacle, aren't being released in theaters nearly as long. They're kind of going either straight to streaming or they have a really small window, barely in theaters, and then they go to vod yeah. and i feel like there's there's something that's being lost yeah <laughs> maybe lost in translation yes. no, <laughs> um but yeah so so 
Okay, so this is this is great. I think we'll start with the short take as we usually do. What were your overall impressions? Uh, you know, did do you feel like it would have lived up to any hype that you had heard beforehand? I loved it. Um, I, I I came in with high expectations. Those expectations were met. Um, I loved it for all the reasons I thought I would love it, and I loved it for a few reasons that were surprising. Um, you know, I I don't I don't think it's like a perfect I don't think it's a perfect movie. Um, we're, we're, we'll get into some of the nitty gritty in a bit. Um, I don't think it's a spoiler to say like it's sort of divided into like three sections, right? In fact, we should probably just like give a quick premise. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> I feel like we've made it this far. It's funny because like I think this is the first in-depth review we've done of a film that maybe not many people have heard about who might be listening and so you know it's like oh we're talking about across the spider-verse everyone knows that that's a movie and like what that's supposed to be about right it's about spider-man so so yeah for this uh i would say that the the premise is that follows this this woman named nora moon who immigrated from korea to it's actually canada right and then she moves to new york um when she's like 12 and she has a childhood friend that she hasn't seen. And so the film sort of checks in at different stages. I think it's like 12 in 12 year increments or something like that. Right. Yeah. Um, and kind of checks in on their, like, have they, have they seen each other? Are they talking to each other? Like, and just follows their lives in a way. And it's like, they have this really, it seems like this really deep connection. It sort of like explores kind of like what that means and, and yeah. what happens um, throughout yeah. their lives. So. Yes, that's an excellent summary. Um, so for me, I found the childhood section maybe to be the, the least successful for me. Um, uh, this is mostly because I, I find it difficult to believe in the roots of love being planted at the age of 12. <laughs> maybe this is like the cynic in me. <laughs> um, um, but, uh, but I did find something interesting in there that I do want to talk about later. But um, the second act of the movie I thought was more interesting um, when they're sort of reconnecting as sort of young adults, um, but but across a distance because he is he's still in Korea and she is in New York. Um, but um, but that section I think plays exactly how you think it's going to play. Um, it, it it like like you I I I was like okay I know how I, I know how this is going to go I know how this is going to end. Um, but it's the third act. It's the mm. that last part of the movie when they're when 12 years after that that to me has so many payoffs and is so rich and and where this movie i think really distinguishes itself from others in the genre um so um so i think it's i think it's a brilliant movie i loved i loved the movie if i had one one thing that i wish i could i could i could do in this movie or in terms of spending time in the world i wish i could spend more time in the later part of the chronology to flesh out the thorny, interesting questions of the film, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk I'm gonna talk about the end I'm gonna talk about endings generally, not not the ending of the movie because we're not the spoilery part of this. But I think the thing about romances generally about movies is that a lot depends on the ending, right? Like when you're when you're watching romances generally. What I loved about this movie was that it felt like so rich in its journey and so insightful about its characters. Um, that while I wanted it to stick the landing, and I think it did, by the way, we'll, we'll talk about that later. I already felt at that point of the film that I'd experienced enough and felt enough for these people more than I could have possibly expected. Um, and that's a good place to be as a movie watcher, like as a, as a writing teacher or someone who's just reads like writing, like to me, if, if I'm reading something and there's like one moment where I'm just like, oh, that's, 
that 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 makes me think about something. That's like that feels like an epiphany. That feels like that's like an aha moment. If I get one of those in the course of like mm-hmm. a paper or an essay or a short story or whatever, I feel like that was time well spent. And this, the third act of this movie, there were so many moments where. I wish that I could have like taken out a, pa- a pen and paper and just written down the line or the thought that came into my head. Uh, and I've, I've been like, since I watched the movie, I've been so looking forward to like this moment to just like talk to you about it. Um, so, um, so I think that that's the, the measure of a really excellent movie where it's just like, you know, however this is going to end, I'm really happy. And it actually kind of goes with the theme of the movie. I think a lot too, however, this is going to end, this has been time well spent. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, thinking about this for a long time. What did you think? Absolutely. So I think it's really interesting because my biggest takeaway from this was that the screenplay is so smart in laying groundwork in those first two acts with the characters. And for me, it was like a very subtle film until the third act when it kind of snuck up on me, I feel like, Mm -hmm. in terms of all of a sudden I was just being like the the wave just kind of get got bigger and bigger and it was just like crashed in yeah. the third act and you're like whoa and all of these things that were happening earlier in the film in different conversations or different scenes really pay off in a huge way and and not in the way that you expect and it's just i when when that started happening i i just thought ah oh, this is so this was so smart this yeah. is so smart yeah. um and it, it's it's so self-aware yeah. in a way that doesn't become cheesy or like distracting because oftentimes like oftentimes self-awareness can become a displacement Mm -hmm. for actually doing the thing you know what i mean like it's like oh we're just going to talk about what we're going to what we're going to do instead of actually doing anything whereas this had just enough self-awareness to be like we're going to challenge the conventions of romance and challenge your expectations and kind of like reject and refuse the things that are quote unquote supposed to happen in a movie like this, Mm -hmm. but in a way that was felt totally natural, which I thought was brilliant. Yeah. And you know, you use the word smart to just to describe the movie. And I think that that's right. But I think that often when, when smart is applied to a romance, it's often because it's sort of like deconstructing or like you you lose some of the actual romance, right? It's, it's, it's less lush. You're less swept away by it because it's smart, right? Like that, that there's something about that that makes it, that makes it counter to what we expect in a romance. But I feel like it's smart in a way that serves the romance, right? And that expands the definition of romance. Um, and, um, and so, so yeah, yeah, well, good, good. And also just the performances were amazing because oh, I yeah. feel like there's, this movie has a lot of silence in it yeah. and a lot of pauses and kind of, it forces you to kind of sit with the characters when they're not saying anything and they're just kind of and they're sitting with each other in a way that like they're trying to figure out right like sometimes it's very awkward and and i feel like that that doesn't work unless you have actors that can carry that right so like and they can convey so much with just kind of like a shifting of their weight or like the way that the way that they're where the direction they're looking in or how they tilt their head or something like that. And I feel like this movie from start to finish just had so much of that. Um, And so much visual poetry too. It's just like every shot. One of the concerns I had because um, Celine song, who's the director, the only thing I knew about her, I wasn't familiar with her work before, before this was that she was a playwright. So this is her directorial debut. She's never done a film before, but she has written a lot of plays. And so I was concerned with, 
oh, is this going to feel like a stage play that just happens to be filmed as a movie? Mm-hmm. Right. Because right. uh, we've seen lots of other films. Right. I, you know, I feel like Women Talking, a movie that I loved, right? And we both loved that from last Oscar season oftentimes felt like, oh, this should, this could very easily be a play with like just oh, sure. a bunch of people sitting in a room. Right. Yeah. And so I kind of was worried that like that would be, that it would be all dialogue, no cinema. Right. Yeah. Um, and that was like, I was so, so wonderfully surprised to find that it was the opposite. Every shot was so well composed yeah. movement and motion and camera movement in particular is so powerful in this film and, and really serves the story and the themes uh, in a way that I, I really loved. And I was like blown away because I was like, wait, if you're a playwright, like, why do you know how to do this? <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Multi-talented Celine Thong. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, I think I'm, I'm less, um, I, I, the, the, a movie that um, didn't translate as well to the, um, I, I think Women Talking worked as a, as a film, but, but was felt very stagey was like uh, August Osage County, which is one of my favorite plays. But then, but then the movie adaptation of it, mm. feel even with the, like the, the, the caliber of performers there, it just didn't, it didn't, it just didn't translate as well. Um, and it wasn't, it was, and it wasn't adapted. Um, um, I think as well as, um, as some other plays. Um, uh, all right. So, um, so good. So we're, we're kind of on the, it seems like we're on the same page in terms of a pretty hearty recommendation. Uh, for yeah, the- I think so too. I w- and I was also nervous, right? Because whenever a movie has so much hype, yeah. I mean, The Flash is a great example. There's so, <laughs> there's yeah. so much hype that you're like, how can this be, right? Like, I'm just, I'm, I'm worried. I want to protect my heart. I don't want to get too <laughs> excited for something I'm going to see and then be disappointed. Yeah. Um, and so that was definitely a risk because I feel like so many people. I had only heard really glowing reviews. Yeah, being like, we don't know how this early a film could be like an Oscar. Yeah. contender maybe even some people were even going so far to say front runner like but it's happening i was like how can this be possible and so i went in with like an open mind being like, okay like this, this people are saying this is great but like you know it might not it might not be as great as it sounds um but so so the fact that it, to me it was and i think in the first act sort of as you're saying it because it is a slow burn movie i think this yeah. is a good segue into our next section of like well who should who would like this film yeah. it's a slow burn it is. so at the beginning when you don't quite know where it's going, I feel like it's it's kind of easy to be like, oh, this is just like a quiet movie where people, you know, like it's I don't know. It's 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 hard to see the impact it's going to have. And yeah. then that's why by the third act, I was just like bowled over <laughs> because I didn't see yeah. it coming. I really didn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah. So so we like to before we move into spoiler mode and kind of discuss the film in more detail. We like to do what I'm calling the recommendation algorithm. So like, you know, if Netflix is kind of recommending this to someone, if they're putting in a category, <laughs> right? If you liked this, you'll like this. Uh, so who are you recommending this film to? Like, you know, should, you know, for, for the sake of humanity, maybe we think everyone should go see it. But like, who's who who is going to be the most receptive to this movie, I guess, maybe is the, oh, yeah, is the best. I'll, I'll say I, 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 as soon as I watched it, I started sending texts to, to friends, but it wasn't to everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think that people who I know like romance, who like insightful drama, um, people who want to see adults acting like adults <laughs> on film, uh, like for years, I was a sucker for like any coming of age, like movie or TV show. But now, um, 
I have such little interest in the genre now. <laughs> I don't know if I've just seen too much or maybe I'm just old now, but I'm just more interested in the complexities of life beyond one's teens and 20s. Um, and so so for me, slow burn is right. Um, and so some so people who are film goers who are patient um, with with their with their romance, right? Because I think you're I think that it's right that like there that romance is big and expansive and there are lots of different kinds. And there are some people who who like the the sort of rhythm and beats of like a romantic comedy and they need they need that that especially the heavy comedy right. at the beginning to sort of you know get them through um to to the you know the inevitable sort of misunderstandings and the loves of but um but this is the kind of movie that that is very carefully constructed um and that will you know that where the characters will develop over time um right and so um so it it will it will again i think a patient moviegoer will ultimately be rewarded but but you need to be patient right this movie doesn't have any it doesn't have the sort of pacing of a rom-com or the tone right it's it's more lyrical and subtle right no one's hitting you over the head with what's what's happening right it's a lot of it's implied you have to kind of pick things up yeah between the lines in conversations that characters are having um and it's it's also like a full life right so like i would almost in some ways it it you can compare it to something like boyhood yeah sure it's not to that degree like boyhood is much more extreme because it's like literally they filmed someone every day for like their whole life you know what i mean like it's like yeah there's there's a there's a sort of filmmaking pr uh, project there that this does not engage in right but but it is like check it's someone across their life right like from their their 12 like nora's 12 when the film starts you know she's a you know middle-aged probably by the time i i don't know if they actually said what her age was but middle aged by the time the film ends and right so like and it's very expansive in that way yeah so i feel like yeah you have to be able to kind of like not yeah patient is a really good way way to describe it and i would also say you know this shouldn't be the case but just being realistic i'll most of this movie, maybe at least sixty percent, is in Korean with subtitles. Yeah, I I would you know like the great Bong Joon Ho. We shouldn't let one inch of text right keep us from enjoying this whole world of cinema, right? Like so, like we're we're advocating for like if you if if like quote you know films in another language are not usually your thing. I would say try to for this movie might get you out of your comfort zone in a in a way that you know this might be the gateway movie potentially. Yeah. Um, but I feel like, you know, realistically, if you know yourself well enough to know that, like, and also, like, you know, if, if you are really tired after work, <laughs> right, and don't, don't go see this late at night, and then, like, you have to read the subtitles, and then you might fall asleep, right? Like, if, you, if you're that type of person, like, if you know yourself on the day, right, like, make sure you're in the right frame of mind to go see this. Um, I would say it's not a difficult sit. It's not like one of those movies that's, like, tough to watch at all. No. It's just, yeah, it's just... And I'll, I'll say a couple of things about that. Uh, one, to echo something that you said earlier, this movie is very well choreographed. It's like, it's like there, it's like a dance. Um, and so even if you were missing certain lines of dialogue here and there, which, which, which would be a shame a little bit because like the, the lines are incredible, right? It's the, the screenplays. I mean, I tried to find the screenplay because I, 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 there were so many lines that I just wanted to have at the ready to, to talk to you about. Um, but I just wrote down what I could remember. Um, but 
there's so much that's that's communicated by just their body language and that also feels very universal in terms of like you know the 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 anxiety and the nerves of like seeing someone that you haven't seen for a long time who you sort of built up in your head um uh things that like all of us can sort of relate to um that that plays on the screen really electrically um and and so while while yes the movie is quiet and subtle i think that it has a it has a resonance that um, that's unexpected. When, when I finished the movie, I, I watched it nine twenty in the morning <laughs> in in Glendale. It felt like a very it felt like a like being at a film festival. I was like, okay, right, nine twenty, gonna go gonna go watch the movie. <laughs> um, well, there were very few people in the theater, but there was one uh, one woman who was sitting, young woman sitting behind me, and and she was just bawling. And um and I and I just looked at her and I smiled because like I respect that movie. I, I like I love that those moviegoers who go alone watch and just are immersed in movie. And I felt the same way too. Right. So, um, so, uh, yes, subtitles, but, um, but it's, it, it's just, I think it's just like a universal kind of movie, like something that translates, um, really beautifully and really well. It's just really accessible. Um, despite being very, very subtle and having a lot of nuances. Right. And actually the, the different languages, you know, create in, mostly Korean versus English. Yeah. The, the switching between those two is so visceral and powerful in a way that ties into the, the story yeah. in a way, like in a way that I thought was great. And, but the other thing too, is like this move, the story is very specific and it is specific to the Asian American experience in a lot of ways. But at the same time, there are certain aspects of it that I feel like cut across yeah. and like, a lot of different people who see this movie are going to feel seen. Like you mentioned it a second ago, right? It's like seeing someone you haven't seen in years and kind yeah. of like the anxiety or the, like the awkwardness, but then also the kind of like when you slide back into a relationship with someone you haven't seen in a long time, yeah. sort of seamlessly, like that's going to feel very real. And then also like, for me, it was like having to choose, like prioritize those like kind of like crossroad moments in your life where you're like, do I care more about, this a relationship or do I care more about my personal ambitions, my career? Like what are your, like how your values kind of impact your life choices and in a way that felt very real. Um, And so there's just, yeah, there's a lot of stuff in here. Um, And marriage in this felt very authentic and real. (laughs) Yeah. It's incredible. Um, Yeah. Incredible. Like that's, we're going to, I want to talk about about that a lot about the, about the, triangle aspect of this and what, yeah. what makes this a really truly um interesting and and um worthy um take on a on a device that's been that 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 has been you know used you know for forever <laughs> um but that feels that feels new here yeah no for sure and i think the last thing because it sounds like we're chomping at the bit to actually like talk about yeah. spoilers <laughs> so the last thing i'll say in terms of recommending this film is if you are in a book club or you just like reading, like you like novels and you like sort of, you know, the, what prose narration can offer and just like, like, you know, great language and, you know, that kind of thing. If you're, if you consider yourself at all literary, I would say this is a must see. Um, And in fact, uh, I did go see this movie with my neighbor and friend, Amanda, shout out to her. She's probably not listening to this uh, because she's reading Uh, (laughs) instead of listening to podcasts um, as I should be more. Um, But uh, she, she, the conflict she potentially had with coming to to this movie with me 
was her book club and then she and then the book club got canceled meeting got canceled and then she invited people from her book club to come to the movie like to come to dinner and come to the movie with us and two things about that one is that everybody loved it they were way into it and they were like oh thank you so much for like drawing this bringing this movie to my attention and the other thing is one one person said i'd love to read the book this is based on oh wow i was like i don't think there's a book there's no book book. this is original yeah right that's high praise yeah, I feel like that said a lot, right? Because that yeah. the story was so rich and so full that she assumed that there was like a, f- a bigger version, like a longer version of it in novel yeah. form. Go see Past Lives if you haven't seen it. This is your 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 exit if you <laughs> are now interested in seeing this movie, but you don't want it spoiled because we're about to talk about it in way more detail. So I'm going to count down from three. And basically <laughs> anything we say after that is on you. <laughs> so... So mute, mute your, your earbuds, take them out, right? Do whatever you have to do in the moment. If you're like, oh, no, I didn't realize we we're going to be talking about spoilers for this movie. Three, two, one. Okay. okay. So now we can finally talk about what actually happens to this movie. Um, but what I wanted to start with, because I think, you know, again, because it does have kind of a literary feel to it. Um, yeah. You know, I wanted to start start with the rhetorical situations. This is a new yeah. segment we've tried a couple of times uh, with PT yeah. where... You know, it's a, just an opportunity to kind of bring in things from our academic and teaching lives, so, yeah. just any connections that we can see. Yeah. Uh, and so I want to throw it over to you. So like, what did, what did you think of? Yeah. So, um, so I, I did an MFA program at Boston university um, where it was just like 10 fiction writers and we were just all gathered together. So the, um, the, the moment where she goes to the artist resident, there's a moment where, where she goes to a, a residency and where she meets the man Arthur, who will eventually become her husband. Because we're not we're spoilers now, so we can. Yes, remember. you can say she's married. Yeah, I, yeah, I kind of didn't want to say that earlier. I was like, yeah. I feel like no. the fact that she gets married is part of a big part of the plot. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, even though the trailer makes very clear she's married too, <laughs> but um, oh, that's true. Yeah. But, um, one thing that I I really, as I was watching the film, one thing that I really liked um, was I thought that <clears throat> Nora and Arthur are both writers. And I think the movie does a nice job of capturing how writers talk to one another, um, how careful they are with their language, how they how carefully they interpret one another's language. Um, and um, part of why I wish that we'd spent a little more time in the film's third act is so that we can see them as writers for longer because there mm. are, we see bits and pieces of their writerly lives. Like Arthur wrote a novel entitled like, Boner, <laughs> yep. right? Um, which is funny, but I don't really have a sense of what he's writing. And no one talks about that. No one talks about it. Like there's right? no mention. It's just you see a shot of the stack of books that he's at a book signing yeah. and it just says boner on the cover. And I'm like, yeah. what is that about? Yeah. Right. And, and so, uh, um, you know, and Nora, we get a little bit more of her. We get scenes of her at rehearsal. Um, you know, my, I gather that, that her writing, her playwriting has to do is like as, as funny and wry as she is and, and interrogating the Asian American experience in the same way the character is, I think, um, you know, and, and I've had that sense too. Yeah. Um, so I definitely get a better sense of her as a writer. Um, but you know, in bed, it, it, they, they have a scene in bed together. I think it was after the first day that she spends with, um, with Hey Sung and, and Arthur says something about how Nora makes his life, I, I'm gonna. I'm butchering this. Big in a way that he doesn't do for her. That he fears he doesn't do for mm. her. And it's a really revealing moment. 
But I have nothing really to tether that to because I don't really understand their day-to-day of their lives or their careers or how these two writers operate together. Um, and, and I think that when, when two writers especially are together, um, there's a lot of room for volatility. And Nora even talks about like them, like, this is also where we fight. And, but yeah. we don't really see any of, any of that, any of those. And it's, it's, it makes sense. Um, two writers fighting a lot, especially if they're operating different genres or whatever. But, um, but, um, so on the, on the one hand, I believed them as writers. Like they, 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 they seemed familiar to me and, and the way they interact with one another, um, uh, I, I thought was really great. Um, uh, but, uh, but I do think that there's a, there's some, some parts that, that, that feel a little bit missing to me about, about, um, their writerly lives that I think is, that I think is important. Um, because even like Nora's literary aspirations and her ambitions, it's sort of like a running thing that Sung talks about, right? Like, but he talks about it in kind of like the most superficial way, right? Like it's sort of like, yeah. well, when you were young, you wanted to win the Nobel. And then in the middle section, it was the, the, the Pulitzer. Pulitzer. And then the Tony. And I was like, I don't know. It's kind of interesting that, that the prestige of the awards are kind of going down, <laughs> um, I guess. But, um, but you also get the sense. I mean, that- that's, that's shots fired at the Tonys, but okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> but um, yeah, the t- Tonys seem too mainstream for her. They do. Based on kind of what we know about what she writes about and stuff like that. So yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, but it also gets a sense that like, I don't think he's read his her stuff, maybe, <laughs> mm. right? Um, like he knows that she's sort of a brilliant writer, but maybe doesn't actually know her writing. Um, and it seems like a really, really big part of a part of her. And I don't know, maybe he does, and it's just it's just not part of the. the but that's point. Part of the point of the film too is that she she is a different person, right? Like the person that he yeah. that with him he she is a total not totally different that's that's overstating things but she is a different person and relates to the world in a different way with him than she does with everybody else or at least at the and i think part of that is a like a geographical or cultural divide right because and language language divide too right like the way that she she can say things in korean that seems like she can't see and say in english and vice versa and and so like so it may kind of make sense that there and i think a big part of this movie is with different people we have different selves yeah. And that there might be certain, and that, and I think Arthur actually says at one point, I feel like there's a part of you that I will never be able to understand or never be able to get access or get to. Right. right. And that's why he's trying to learn Korean because he's like, I kind of, I want to, I want to be able to know all of you. That's right. Uh, and then he figures out that he can't anyway. Right. Like even right. if he, I remember that, that, that stems from, um from when he, he reveals to her that she, when she dreams, she dreams in Korean. Right. right. And, um, and, um, and that's, you know, like, another interesting, like I had written all these notes and I had, I had, I, I didn't even write that moment down. And it's, it, that's another really interesting observation. Right. So, yeah. So what about you in terms of the rhetorical situation? What did you take away? For me, it was really kind of what we alluded to uh, without trying to spoil it earlier in, ter- in talking about how it deals with romance and kind of how it's de- redefining romance. And so in the, the first year writing course that bo- both you and I probably don't currently but have at some point taught at, at USC, we the big part of the curriculum is critical thinking and and part of a big part of criti- teaching critical thinking is getting students to to get out of binaries, right? To be like, it's not 
this is the best or the worst, or it's not like, yes, this is always true. And no, this is never true. Right. Like, which is kind of naturally what they come to the class with because they've been, you know, part of that standardized testing part of it's just kind of maturity. Right. Um, part of it's that they think that they have to, that's that you are more persuasive, the more definitive you are, right? <laughs> which is not true um, for the, for good writers. Um, and so I feel like this film is such a good example. Like I, if I were to teach writing about 50 again, at some point, I probably would want to show this film and talk about, okay, like what is the thesis of this film? Mm-hmm. And it's, and then inevitably whatever you came up with it, it would be very complex, right? Because it's saying, it's not like, and it it frames that in a binary choice, right? Like she can either go with Sung or stay with Arthur, right? Yeah. She, which life, which world, which person is she going to choose? And and but the film wholly rejects that as even like a a, really? a sensical premise, yeah. right? Um, which is which I love, and it really wallows in the gray and the complexity and the duality of her life, right? Where it's like both and that that ending scene which i know we're gonna talk about in more detail probably in, in a few yeah. minutes but like oh, yeah. that ending scene where she both knows that she does not want to go with him right it's not the rom-com like split decision let me run off with you like i'm gonna chase you at the airport like we've seen that so many times in other movies right so she on the one hand she she knows that she the life she has chosen is the life she wants but then she also cries after he leaves. Yeah. And the fact that both of those things can be true, that she made the right choice for her, but still can be kind of mourning what she didn't choose. Yeah. I thought was just so beautiful. Right. Cause it's like so true of so many things in life where it's like, it's not one or the other. It's not clear cut. Right. It's not like right or wrong. It's just kind of like you make a choice. That's right. And, <laughs> like, um, and so, I- so yeah, that to me was kind of like in terms of, we're thinking about how this film is constructed rhetorically. It really never lets you entertain the idea that there, that she can choose one or the other. And that's, that's it. That's right. Right. I mean, the, the trailer for the movie includes this monologue from Arthur, from her husband, where she, where he's even sort of like summarizing their sort of situation. Right. And he, I think he even calls himself the sort of like evil white husband who's in the way. Yes. Of you, right. Um, and I think that, that the, um, like the part of, I, I think the whole reason that this, that the third act is as rich as it is, is because they gave that character, they made that character not an obstacle, right? Who, who, who typically would be right. in a, in a lesser movie, but they gave him agency, a worthy perspective. They gave him flaws, but also unmistakable virtues. It's what makes the ending as devastating and correct. I think um, as an ending as it is, is because of, um, of what they they did with that character, um, what they did with Arthur, and how Arthur brought out um, the parts of like Nora and also Heisung, <laughs> um, right? That were really um, interesting and that felt really real. Um, you know, so much focus. You expect the focus because you're from the beginning of the movie. You're watching these two, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as Heisung is introduced to to Nora and Arthur's lives, it leads to um, to a series of very believable challenges between Nora and Arthur, <laughs> like in this very short amount of time. Um, and, you know, I kept watching the, these things. I, I watched it with my wife. I watched it with Janine and, um, and, and thinking like, 
these are really difficult tests <laughs> that Arthur has to has to endure here. Like there are lots of points where I was just like, and again, because like you're you're watching writers, you know, figure each other out and listening to their language. Um, you know, the wrong word in the ear of a writer could feel like a like a bomb. Um, and I feel like I felt I felt like Arthur passed like every single test. Um, mm. and, um, and 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 even Hey Sung realizes it in one of the sort of sadder observations in the film when he, when he's like, you know, I didn't know how hard it would be to like your husband. Yes. <laughs> right? um, that's, that's such a good line. You know, this isn't a movie about a good guy versus a bad guy. Um, you know, what I loved about this was that everyone's good, but not everyone's going to end up totally happy. And that's often the way life goes. And, um, and that, that, that felt, um, that felt nice. That felt yeah. like um, that felt like something that that is worthy of us having like a long conversation about. Um, so, yeah, I um, I and I, love- I also love how Arthur he gets to have feelings, yeah. right? He gets to be jealous okay. and insecure, yeah. but that doesn't mean he like lashes out or tries to s- uh, undermine or like uh-huh. yells at Nora, like like all the stereotypical things that we would predict in a movie yeah. that would be, that that we thought was a romance or like whatever, right? Like if he is yeah. the villain, yeah. um, that's, those are the things that he would do, but he gets right. to do that and also just acknowledge like, you know, I can't get, I can't, I have no right to get angry at this situation. Yeah. And but then he also like beca- again because I think be- the fact that they're both writers, and some sometimes I can't think of an example right now, but sometimes in in fictional narratives, making your main character a writer can kind of be eye rolly, where it's like okay, <laughs> like we get it, like you're so the life of the mind, it's so hard, right? <laughs> like, like, you know, because like yeah. um, but this I feel like was very functional for telling the story because by making the two these two characters writers they have knowledge of tropes yeah and in a way that make that that actually that's the vocabulary they use to talk through this problem right where he's yeah. like cuz cuz Arthur's like this feels so big like this story is so like he's almost like talking about romance with a capital r right where he's yeah. like if i were writing a story this like right this like your life is writing itself like between the two of you right like there's yeah. it's so romantic right yeah. it's so sweeping it crosses oceans right it's like it's so dramatic that you are drawn to each other like this right and that that you have this kind of this this rapport and chemistry or whatever right like and he's like how who am i to stand in the way of that right like that would make me the bad guy right in a traditional yeah. story and so that it gives them the framework through which to kind of like engage with the their their issues in a more complex way which is great yeah now, Jen, I, I want to talk about, I want to go back to the beginning of the movie, to the to the first third of the movie. Because, um, yeah, as I alluded, I, I, I'm not, I didn't love the opening third of the movie as much as the rest. Um, and because, um, I don't know, I mean, I, I maybe it's ungenerous to say that this is like the sort of seeds of young love. Because Nora's clearly not in love. <laughs> like, when, when she leaves... Like um, one of them is infatuated clearly, and one of them isn't. Um, but but it does. So I guess it's the seed in as much as like it it spurs him to to reconnect with her later on in life. But to me, the second act of the movie is really where they start to like their connection becomes more sort of romantic. Um, mm-hmm. But but one sort of really interesting thing I thought was Nora's parents 
when they know that they're about to immigrate and leave, and they know that these two are very close, Nora's parents, um, who are artists, right? One of them's an artist. The mother's an artist. Um, yeah, one's a director and one's an artist, I think. Right. Um, the, the, the mother tells the mother of Sung. Uh, as they're watching them play, they 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 like, oh, we're you're gonna have a date, like we're we're gonna have you have a date, and they're having this moment, and then the mother says like, oh, she tells the the mother Hey Sung like, oh, we're about to move, <laughs> we're about to immigrate, but uh, <laughs> but we wanted Nora to have a nice memory, so we just did this, um, which is uh, which is so messed up, right? Because like, <laughs> yeah. For Nora, it's a strange guess, choice. It's a really strange choice, but it, it, it's the kind of thing that like artists do, right? Like you can imagine an artist like, I want you to have like, to I want to manufacture this moment. You'll have this nice moment, and you'll be able to remember it, and then that will be that, and and then we can just move on and whatever. But it, um, clearly, it's just like a dagger in poor Hayseong's sort of heart, right? Um, but so so to me, that was the most interesting moment in that in that first third. Um, not this feeling of like they're in love and this is the beginning of love, but just like this is a weird choice and it's gonna it's gonna <laughs> this is and I, I guess it's it's sort of it does plant the seed in his head at least and and, and it leads to the to the second part. So so fine, but um, but what did you think? Did you think that that it, it, it seems like you think it was as strange as I did, but kind of in a, in a great way, right? It is strange. So I I think. This is the only part of the film that feels like a means to an end yeah. to me yeah. because I feel like the main purpose of all of that first act is to just establish the, their relationship and kind of their characters in a way so that it's more powerful when we see them as adults to be like, oh, wow. In a lot of ways, they're like interacting with each other exactly the same way they did 12 years ago or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in a way that's kind of uncanny and eerie and then feeds into this like this this like myth of their their destiny in romance right um but then at the same time it's 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 i think if i were to rationalize it from a storytelling perspective it would not that i need to or should or something (laughs) but if i were to i think what i would say probably is that it it creates this sliding door moment that haunts the rest of the film, right? Of like what could have been, yeah. Because okay. I, and they and I think Hayseong actually says this, right? Because yeah. like, and I think if they don't go on that date, the sliding door isn't really open. You know what I mean? Like it's like it yeah. doesn't. Their friendship, which might have had kind of crush tension, doesn't mm-hmm. actually realize itself yeah. until that date, right? Because that's the only time we see like she's like falls asleep on him in the car. They're holding hands, right? Like. That's the only before that you could just sort of say that they're like two kids that hang out, hung out with each other. Right. It's cool. Like that. Right. Um, And so I think, I think it pushes the, their relationship to the extent that 12 year olds can have relationships. This pushes their, their relationship in a way that kind of like creates this what if feeling between the two of them. Right. In a way that wouldn't, wouldn't otherwise it's haunting for us because it creates this like mystique but then yep. it's also haunting for them because they're it's arguably what makes Sung reach out to her on Facebook or whatever it is, I like whatever yeah. Yeah. fake social media platform they're using. Right. <laughs> um, for the, I didn't actually see what it was called. <laughs> Just like, you know, le- legally uh, not, not suable version of Facebook. Um, <laughs> and arguably if he doesn't have that feeling of, Oh, what could have been, or like, like this lack of closure because they went on a date and then she left. 
yeah. right? If they if he doesn't have that, arguably he doesn't go looking for her on the internet twelve yeah. years later, right? Yeah. But I but I agree from like a like a parenting perspective. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it's it's a choice and <laughs> for sure and. If, if I were Hey Song's mom, I would be furious if that if that was like the reason. It's like, oh, you wanted your daughter to just have like a nice thing before you broke my son's heart, like uh, right, yeah. right, and and almost like it feels like the terms of like they weren't on the same page, yeah, like almost almost like uh like I don't want to say deceit, but under false pretenses, right? That this yeah. date was set up because you yeah. feel you feel like it's like the f- if they weren't leaving like the next week or whatever. Yeah. you might assume that this is like a f- the beginning of a formal courtship, right? Cause they're chaperoning the, right. the two moms are chaperoning the kids. Yeah. Right. Which is weird. I thought it was weird because I was like, well, like they walk home from school alone every day. Like, what? <laughs> like, like, how is that? How is that? Okay. But then they go to like the park and you have to sit and sit like 10 feet from them. Like, I don't know. Um, it, her reaction while very polite definitely indicates of like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought that we were starting something, not that this was like a one-off thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. But I, again, I wonder if how much that ties into this, the part of the story that is about the immigrant experience, mm-hmm. right? Of like ties to home and like, and I will note that that neither of us are Korean American. We are right. both different flavors of Asian American. Like, <laughs> right. Maybe, maybe, we, maybe there's some cult. I would really be curious to hear if you're listening to this and you know, like I'd be curious to hear if there's like a cultural take on that choice that would contextualize that more. But I, I wonder, what did you think? So the, so the second act of the movie, this wasn't in our architecture, but since we're sort of talking about when we moved to the second act of the movie, right. And, and they've reconnected um, via whatever they're, um, they're, they're now talking on Skype. their version of Skype. Yeah. I think it was Skype. I think it actually. Okay. Skype. Um, so um I, I thought that that was fairly well done, that um, it, 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 it felt, you know, it felt like appropriately awkward at the beginning, but also exciting. Um, I didn't, I, I had a hard time, I, I was wondering how long they were chatting um, before they, before they stopped. Before they cut it off. Yeah, it seemed like they were, I, I, w- I would guess maybe at least a few months, maybe even a year. Right. Um, is, is yeah, I would say, I was going to say maybe a year. It felt like something as long as a year, maybe. Yeah. In terms of like the fa- the fact that it was so heavy for them to be like we need to stop talking and the kind of the implication that that would be a major change, yeah, in their lives, I feel like it has to be a long time. I thought that that was I th- I thought that so, so I, again I said earlier with the second act I I knew how it was going to end because because they kept having obstacles of like seeing each other in person and I knew that this can't stay <laughs> like this can't this can't grow if it's just going to be via Skype right. And, um, but I thought that the, that the moment and, and they did a nice job of sort of choreographing when it was ending, because I remember, um, that it was dark in her, in her apartment or wherever she was at. Yeah. The use of lighting through all of those like Skype scenes were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And just the look on her face and her expression, I was just like, okay, this is it. This is, this is where it's gonna, it's gonna stop. Um, so, so, um, so I thought that it that it it ended where I thought how it was going to how I thought it was going to end why it was going to end, um, you know I in terms of keeping the characters apart, um, there there's a I don't know there there was a movie years ago with Felicity Jones and uh, Anton Yelchin um, called Light Crazy I don't know if you ever saw that but that was um, I did not but I think I know what you're talking about. 
that was another romance that I that I liked a lot, but that was dependent on keeping the characters apart. And that one, in that movie, the reasons they they were kept apart just defied like logic. <laughs> here, <laughs> here, I think that it made sense given what her ambitions were, and given um, you know what constraints there were of him of him um, making his way to America. Um, I I understood. So so to me, the second act also felt sort of like functional and like getting us to the third act but but i enjoyed more maybe than the first act because again that felt to me sort of like the seeds of like okay there's there is a connection connection here right uh, the connections that you can have like as a 12 year old like i mean th- it is significant like you're the first person you hold hands with like those are those are things that are going to be seared in your memory but like in terms of connecting with a human being like that that that's the first moment where i thought like oh these two could work right like these two have a have a pathway to a future um so um i i know that the the next thing that we're going to talk about was going to be the final sequence but but before we talked about the final sequence i think we have to talk i i have to talk about (laughs) the um and i think you want to talk about it too the when they finally see each other in person in the in the third act of of the movie and you alluded to it um uh because you were talking about like his how how he was um standing um, and how he was moving. And, um, but I also, I want to talk about how he was dressed. Um, mm. it, was, it, was this, it was like this, um, like I think it was a blue um, dress shirt, button down dress shirt. And it was tucked in very neatly. Um, uh, and these, and these light sort of like slacks. And it was like, it, he looked very like put together. He'd look like someone who'd put a lot of thought into what he was wearing that day. And it makes absolutely It was like he was going to a job interview. It did. Not to me. It <laughs> did like down to just like how well ironed like the shirt was and um like there were details um that i even noticed in terms of like later in that evening like the shirt was a little wrinkled in the way that it would be if you if you were out all day but it looked pristine in that moment but he was moving in a way right without without words without anything you could just look at that person from a distance see him and say like he's nervous um and and um like something yeah, he was like moving he was like moving his hands like he didn't yeah. know where to put his hands yeah it was so awkward to watch it was so awkward <laughs> in a great way it was so wonderful it was so wonderful because because i was like i know that i get that <laughs> like i i remember being that um and then and then you hear from a distance you hear nora's voice saying his name and then and then and then you see her and she is um uh She's dressed in, um, what was she dressed in? It was, it was more casual. I thought her clothes were sort of like flowing in the wind a little bit. Um, she has a lot of chunky, chunky cardigans. Yeah. She's a writer and she lives yeah. in New York. <laughs> yeah. But, but what I loved the most in this, in this moment that um, in terms of the choreography of, of this, and it, and it echoes something in the final scene that we're going to, that, that's, that's why I think we have to talk about, I want to talk about this first, is um, when she hugs him at the beginning um so it's pretty clear that he has like built up this woman in his head he loves her more right in that moment but she hugs him more vehemently than he hugs her like he seems startled by the um Mm. by the hug um and and i think it's and i think it's a very human thing i think it's because she's actually less invested in that moment than he is and it allows her to be more sort of effusive and more more physical and to give more of herself because um because it doesn't have the import that it does to to him in his mind um 
and then so 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 I I thought that that was just like just a perfect like a perfect reintroduction of these characters a moment that we've been that we've been leading up to for more than half the movie here it is and I thought it was handled really beautifully and it echoes with the final moment before before we move to the final moment do you have any more thoughts on like the the um, that introduction i think what you just described again because i feel like what i keep coming back to is that this movie is so realistic yeah and believable everything is so believable even if you haven't been in that exact situation you're like oh i I remember a time that like that something similar happened or i felt that way right and so for that scene in particular it's one of those things where it's like when you when you're like hanging out with somebody or you meet up with somebody or you meet someone for the first time and then you don't know you're like are we are we shaking hands? Are we <laughs> hugging? Yeah. Like, are we like, what are like, and, and you want to kind of, it's that, that, that little time delay where you're yeah. like, well, let me wait to see what, to, what they're going to signal <laughs> that we're going to yeah. do. Right. And I felt like that's what, that was happening in the scene where it's like, like he was thinking more formally. Yeah. And it's also because she's the one who's married. Right. So I think he yeah, wants to make, yeah. I feel like he's also that's being very right. self-conscious about, because when he has the conversation before he leaves with his friends, where she's like, he's like, come on guys, she's married, right? Yeah. And they're like, well, we know why you're going there, right? <laughs> like, uh, And so so I feel like he wanted to make sure he was being respectful. Respectful and like, uh, everything was like, propri- like uh, on yeah. the up and up. <laughs> right? Um, and then he, that he wasn't coming across as like trying to, trying to pull something or whatever, right? Whereas she is just like, oh my goodness, I, I have wanted to see you for so long and like, let it, let yeah. this be like a cathartic I want this to be a cathartic platonic yet cathartic moment. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so I feel like that was, that was great. Right. Like they yeah. just don't know. Both of them had different ideas as to like how they were going to be engaging with each other. Yeah. Um, but then the thing is when you, when that happens, when that precedent is set, that forever changes the course of how you interact with somebody. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now, now let's now we can talk about that final moment uh, because because the the movie ends with the two of them, you know, on a street. Um, so instead of saying hello, saying goodbye, um, and uh, they're just they're so close to one another, and you can just feel, um, you know, the magnetism. Um, but there's still this unbridgeable distance between them, um, and you sense that this time. Uh, when they when they hug, Nora is the one who um, who feels more tentative, more uncertain, more um, nervous and scared. And Heisung, to a certain degree, has accepted that what he came for, he can't have. Um, but he's still, in this sort of amazing way, grateful for being able to close that hope in a really mm. helpful, graceful way and this time it's Nora um who who I think I think that the the way that she reacts to this at the end where she's the one who's more discombobulated than he is that's how we know that she's changed and that they um have changed their dynamic has changed and I think you know a lesser movie would have had them kiss and I was so afraid that that's what was going to happen yes Um, me too (laughs) yeah uh, you know, and how many times does that happen? Because we love the characters and we love their connection, but um, but the movie. Is- and I think we're also trained from other movies and other sure. stories that's what that happens. that's the logical conclusion, right? Like that's that's, we're conditioned to think that that's what's supposed to happen in that moment, kiss, right? Kiss is happiness. Kiss is happy. Kiss is happiness. A happy ending. Um, but I I loved them more for their restraint and for knowing. 
that there was no real future for the two of them and that a kiss would only make things worse on just so many levels. Partly also, Arthur is just like down the street. I, I like, like I, it was a choice to have him just sort of like waiting. There. It makes sense. Um, like there's a part of me that kind of wishes that he could, he just trusted and just like stayed up there and that, that they could have had that scene up there. But, um, but whatever. Um, I, I, maybe a future life, right? That was part of the, the thing. Maybe I mean, I life. got the impression that it was far enough down the street. They walked far enough away. It's from true. Her I guess so. That yeah. like, I don't think he could like see them. <laughs> Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, you, you alluded to this. I love that when Nora walks away, you know, Arthur is ultimately waiting for her, and I love that she allows herself to cry because her heart is breaking, but that Arthur still receives her with so much understanding and so much compassion, just as he has shown throughout this entire act. And I, I, I want to talk. We'll talk a little bit more about sort of like Arthur and and these sort of moments in the film that um that show just how worthy a sort of partner um he is and it just solidifies how right everyone's decisions were even though someone's heart is broken right like sometimes you do mm-hmm. all things everyone does everything right and someone still gets hurt and that's yeah. that's the way life goes and um and i think that the realism of that that's what's that's what's really devastating it's not just this like there was just this tragic misunderstanding and blah 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 or the timing was wrong or whatever it was just that just weren't this just wasn't meant to be right and i think i really like your read on how in by the time we get to that moment that hey song has already sort of like res- like his conflict with internal conflict has already resolved because his last big monologue is basically closing that gap right where he's like or closing that door i get whatever metaphor you want to use i think <laughs> because he says to nora where he said he he kind of goes back to their childhood and says like what if you had stayed and he kind of runs through all these what ifs right and he's like you know we can obviously we can think about what if what if what if what if and then he says maybe in the next life yeah is when we get when we are together i'll see you then right that's the arguably the most important line in the whole movie right because that's him telling her this is not happening right like we like it's not this life that we're yeah. not meant to, meant for this in this life, like maybe yeah. in another one. I'll see you, and I'll I'll see you. Then also implies he's not going to try to see her again, yeah. right? He's not going to try to reach out to her. They're not going to like they might not even speak ever again. I know, right? yeah, because um, he, he's he's decided that they're going to see each other again in the next life. There's a there uh, since you mentioned the sort of moments of what ifs. There there was one moment in particular that I got another moment that I just really loved where. It's one of the few moments of tension between Nora and Heisung where one of his what ifs, they were talking about how like, well, you didn't want to talk and then you met Arthur and whatever. And Nora very quickly and very, um, um, very like she's very quickly is basically is like you had a girlfriend too. (laughs) Right. Right. Um, And um and that ends that conversation, <laughs> basically, right? Um, and it's part of what what I love about Nora, um, uh, but part of what I love about this movie is I feel like a lesser movie would have spent some time going through the you know the finger pointing of like, well, if you had done this and this is, right. and that's just not that interesting, right? It would have um, it would have been a, a longer and real fight, right? Like, yeah, like a heated. Yeah. It would have been a heated argument, right? As yeah. opposed to like a more kind of like 
yeah. one and done kind of conversation. Yeah. yeah. Like you can have that thought, but l- let me shut that down for you because I've thought this through and we're not going to, we're not going to, it's not worth our time to like to, and it isn't worth our time, right? There's so many more interesting questions to talk about here. So, um, so yeah, um, just, uh, I was really stressed out. So from the moment, the moment they leave the apartment and he's, and she says like, cause she says like, I'm going to walk him to his Uber and they're walking and walking and walking. Yeah. And then just how long, I don't yeah. know what the actual runtime of that at last scene was, but where they kind of just slowly turn towards each other. Yeah. I was so stressed out in those mm. in that moment because I was like, because I came to an uh, an existential crisis about what kind of movie I was watching. Because I yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure based on everything we've seen up until this point, this is a movie that would not have them kiss or not have her like jump in the Uber with him or whatever. Yeah. Right? But I still was so worried about that because I was like. But every other movie would probably do that, right? Like, like, or like that's is is that because I feel like this is a movie that a hundred percent the success of it a hundred percent hinges on where we land, right? Because think of it like think about again to entertain a what if for the movie, like what if the movie had been more of the like running through the airport, love actually, like kiss, like even if they hadn't stayed together or she hadn't run away with him or something like that, if she had like been like, wait, no, I love you, they kiss, and then she's like, okay, I'm gonna go now, right? Like, like. Like that, would, like that would have been so much less powerful and less interesting yeah. um, than what the ending that we got. And so that was the suspense for me where I was like, I wasn't really worried about Nora as a character, like will she or won't she? It was more worrying about the, the soul of the movie that yeah. was at stake in those last few minutes. Yeah. But I'm glad. Yeah. I'm glad that they, they did that. And that like, um, there's a line that she says to Arthur earlier on where she's like, this is the life that I'm living and I chose to live it with you. Yeah. Right. And so I thought that was so beautiful because it was like no sweeping romantic premise can replace the more mon- like seemingly mundane, seemingly yeah. less, I don't know, like yeah. this movie has a very complicated relationship with fate <laughs> and destiny yeah. and like the concept of a soulmate and like stuff like that. It does, you know, for, for being a romance, for for being populated with where two of the the people are are in you know some like one of the dreamier professions right like they're artists um like for that for that line to be her definition of marriage um is telling um and um and i think true to like what makes marriages successful right i mean like um so so yeah i I, I really loved it. And, and, and to me, it was a movie that even up to that point, I was like, I, I already have a lot to, to think about. Even if you mess this up, I'm going to be okay. <laughs> but then, but then, but then she didn't mess up. It was, a, it was, it was the perfect um, ending. And I, the thing I love most is that it's so consistent with her character because they've set her up. Like she has some line where she's like, I'm not going to leave you leave for her. Like, I'm not going to skip out on rehearsal for some dude. <laughs> right. Right. So like, I like, I like that her, her ambition and her like valuing of her career and making choices about where she's going to live and stuff like that and where she's going and who she's going to be with making those based on really like one of the priorities that she has in her life. Uh, for her kind of ambition and for her career and her, her art. Right. And I love that. That's, that's really consistent from start to finish of the whole film. Right. And that, and that it's not, she's never, I don't know, criminalized for that. Right. You know what I mean? She's never like, no, the film doesn't indict her for being like, Oh, like you care too much about your, your 
how like how like how what's the word i'm not i'm not thinking of it right now like how far you're going to get in your career or how famous you're going to be or how high achieving you're going to be right it never kind of indicts her for it never says that that's a bad thing right um which i, I really love, love. I, I i i agree i think that her character is consistent but she still changes like the, the, the character still changes um but in ways that make sense and that are that mm-hmm. that that stay true to um the sort of you know moral code i don't know whatever um but but uh to who she is and who who we've grown to 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 love in the course of the the movie all right so we've already talked about this a little bit but i did want to compare this more directly to other romances or other romantic films and so to you like does this because we've been talking about redefining romance a lot Mm -hmm. and kind of challenging the status quo like how how radical a movie is this in that front you know what i mean like yeah i i had a conversation with a couple of friends um a couple of days ago about about how romances dating back to like romeo and juliet are often a result of like the conflict is a result of people miscommunicating right and um and just not understanding something or just like not getting something what i love 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 about this movie is it's it's a film where everyone communicates very well. <laughs> um, everyone is open and honest. So it's not a matter of two people just figuring out a simple truth that that has eluded them because of just weird hijinksy sort of circumstances, but rather three people parsing through so many very complicated truths. And that feels new to me and interesting and worthy mm-hmm. of our time and thought. Um, it's the the kind of complexity that novels tackle, but movies rarely do. And I hope mm. more movies um, can do this. And I hope that more book clubs will go to the movies <laughs> to watch movies like this, because um, because I think that it does what a good book does. Like it 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 will spur on a conversation. I'll be honest. Like like this is the first time I've ever had like a, I've ever I've ever done this with just a what a single movie, right? Um, and 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 I and I was looking at like the run times of like the other ones, <laughs> and I listened to some of the other ones, and they, they lasted a while. So I was like, "Am I going to be able to talk about this for a long time?" And then when I watched the movie and started writing down my thoughts, and I was like, "Oh yeah, we'll be able to talk about this for a long time." <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's so and there's so much that we're not going to end up talking about that yeah. we could have easily. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's just so much in here. Yeah. Um. So so we've we've bragged about how this movie. Yeah embraces complexity right and doesn't fall into kind of standard tropes or anything like that do what do we feel like at the end of the day is this film trying to say something like does it have a thesis or just in general kind of what are if it doesn't have a specific thesis like what are what are some themes to me this is a movie that expands what a love story can be and what it means right uh traditionally a love story is about whether two people end up together or not um and if they end up together it's a comedy and if they don't end up together it's a tragedy (laughs) But past lives is about uh, what it means just to love, regardless of the outcome. Um, what it means to connect to someone, what it means to lose that connection, what it means to try to reestablish it, what it means to love when it's hard, when it hurts, um, when it do- when it's not going to end up in a romantic entanglement. Um, and to me, the moments of love that stand out were were not even honestly of the central couple. <laughs> uh, you know, I talked about like the um, Arthur and Nora and their moments together. Um, there, are, those are the moments that, 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 that stick with me. Um, there was, Nora came home after that first day with Hae Sung 
And, and she told Arthur right away, you were right. He came here for me. And that's the kind of thing that in a lesser movie, that's a revelation that the, that the main character hides, right? Mm. Like, um, and it's, it's a secret. And then, and then he's going to get angry afterwards and whatever, but like, but it shows the remarkable sort of honesty between them. And, um, that I thought was really great. Now, another really interesting moment, contrast that with like Arthur, they were in the bathroom and sort of talking about, about him. And, um, and she's talking about how, how attractive he is, I think. And, and he asks, you know, do you find him attractive? Oh, her and answer to that is unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Because, so good. Because I, I, I don't remember exactly the answer, but she says something that, um, that kind of like goes around the question a little bit, but it's very clear she's, she's attracted to him, right? Like, I think it's, I think that that's, I think that that's obvious, but she can't say that exactly. So this is one moment where I feel like she kind of lies or she kind of goes around what, what the truth. Right. She's not comfortable being honest in that one moment. Yeah. She says something like, well, he's masculine in a very Korean way. <laughs> yeah. It's very, it's smart as, as she is smart. Yeah. Right. She's not, I mean, she's not like explicitly lying. Cause I think everything, every statement she says is true and sort of implies that like why she is attracted or how she's attracted to him. But mm-hmm. it's just really funny. Cause they're like sort of backhanded compliments or like, she's just trying, she's being like, no, she's like, I just feel like because and I'm going to get this wrong, obviously, but like, you know, just because we've been apart for so long and we were, we've been, you know, we've known each other since we were kids, like just there's an intensity, like she describes it in terms of intensity. I think she's like, it's intense, but I don't think it's attraction. And it's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I do think that's a little bit of a lie, <laughs> but, um, but I, but, uh, but I, I, I think that that's the best answer she can give. Right. Yeah. I think I think that it's it's the the right answer, even though it's the wrong answer. But I think that it's what it's it's as because much- she doesn't flat out deny it, right? She doesn't say, doesn't "No, of course it. not. I only have eyes for you," right? Like that's like- yeah. And, and I think <laughs> that would be through that. He's too he's smart enough to see through that, and he would be able to tell. So I'm glad that she doesn't do that. Um, but again, it shows it shows it shows how open and honest they are with one another through this really difficult, like really right. Know, situation yeah this is this is romance a romance for grown-ups and I, I really love your point about communication because so often the narrative propulsion of a romance is oh like the the dramatic irony uh, like of like oh just tell them just tell them how you feel right like and then they either do at the yeah. end dramatically or they never do right and then something tragic happens right so i feel like the fact that the this narr- this narrative still has momentum yeah even though everyone expresses has emotional intelligence and expresses yeah. how they feel to yeah. one another and is not like shady in it in, in any way except for this one moment we're talking about potentially so <laughs> like, um i think yeah it's so it's really great it's really yeah it's i, I and again, feel you- feels very real because like it does. It does. and and could easily not right like there's a version of this movie that is over intellectualized yep and self-aggrandizing and it, and it doesn't have the authenticity to it. There's a version of it that's just that's just comedy, and that's that's just like awkward comedy, whatever. Um, but this this is the version that we that that we deserve. <laughs> that um, um, the moment when Arthur, so you know, we, there's there's the introdu- there's a reintroduction of Nora and um, and Hesung, but there's also when Arthur sees Hesung for the first time, right? Because he's he's heard about him. 
and she's nervous about him. And then he sees him and he's beautiful, right? Like he's a beautiful person. <laughs> and, um, and, and you can just see how, um, how scared <laughs> and how just like, oh man, look at that. <laughs> this is, this is rough. Um, but, you know, and, and he doesn't really hide that he's, you know, that he wishes that, that something less attractive <laughs> just walked into his door um, but he still has the courage to go out with them, to sit at that bar, to be ignored without sulking. I I love how the camera the camera gets closer and closer and then cuts him out of the frame. Right. I was yeah. like, this is he. I'm like, he's sitting and then basically like shoots their conversation as yeah. if they're the only ones there. Yeah. And you're like, but two seconds ago we saw that he's sitting right Arthur's sitting right there. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, there's another, sorry, I'm just, gonna, I'm just going through these moments because I love, and I just want to talk about them. There's, um, toward the, so the end, and then toward the end of that, this, this conversation, right? That, that Nora is now having just alone with Haesung with Arthur awkwardly behind her. Um, she, you know, at that point, they've just sort of like resolved, like, we're just having this conversation now. We're just gonna, we're gonna talk this through. And, um, she, she says something, I, I'm curious about your read of this. She kind of, talks about how, you know, Sung he got that little girl in Korea who she no longer is, basically. It's a sort of like the consolation prize. And it, to me, that felt very like, that felt like something a writer would do, right? It's like a, like a, like an invented, an invention of a writer to make sense of a moment, to make an awkward situation feel nice. Um, and, uh, and I'm not saying that in, to say that, like, I don't believe it or that it feels false. I think that it feels very much like something a writer will do and something that a writer would believe. And maybe even something that like Sung will take some, um, will help him to sort of get over this moment. But um, but I liked that. Like it, it was another sort of like um, biggish sort of like theatery kind of moment that, um, that felt like it was sort of necessary. Um, but it felt also part of her being being a good writer. I, I, I feel like that was as much for her too, as for him, because I feel like so much of this movie again to this question, get this question of like, is there a central theme or like, is this movie trying to say something? I feel like it is trying to say something about our own, like our own identity or our own sense of self. And like, are we one person or are we many people throughout our lives? Right. Like, and, or like, can we compartmentalize? Cause that's what she's doing. She's trying to compartmentalize parts of her life. Yeah. Where she's like that, that person doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. That's not me. And I feel like part of the pain that causes her to cry at the end is that he does because, because this is an immigration story too. Sure. He represents a piece of her that she kind of has to say goodbye to, you know what I mean? That, that like yeah, sort of definitely. that, that kind of died when she immigrated, but, but she still clung to a little bit. And now cause she has to kind of acknowledge like, Oh, when I immigrated, I became, I became a different person. Right. Um, and we can see that clearly. That's one of my favorite things about the film is that the second the second we hear Sung speak English, I yeah. was just like, my mind was blown. And I was like, okay. oh my goodness, like we're in a different world. Like this is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it should, and just the tone of her voice at, and like the intonation that she uses and how dramatically it changes when she switches from Korean to English yeah. is just like, it's so stark it in is. the contrast. And it's just like, and it's like, oh wow, like you believe that 
she could think of herself as like a part of her is now gone and missing and she has to finally say goodbye to it and acknowledge it's gone um so i feel like this movie has as much to say about like you know they're because it's past lives in the i wish we haven't even talked about in young oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) we have to do that at some point um the you know it's past the title past lives uh i don't want to say the surface level because it's very meaningful in the film but like at the you know ostensibly refers to this concept of inyon of like you know in a past life we we knew each other and then that's what's fading us to meet again in this life right that's the that's the concept i hope i'm, I'm describing that correctly yeah, no, I think um, right. yeah and um and so it is like this concept of like you know we have past and future we have multiple lives right and, and that it's like a it's like a philosophical existential question of like you know fate and 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 identity and and afterlife and all that kind of stuff right like it's a lot of stuff packed into that but i feel like it's also past lives also means different phases of your life and that really speaks to the structure that we've been talking about with the yeah. film right like it's like like these different phases of these different 12 year chunks of her life might as well be different people right because she changes and grows and like and she's like like each time she kind of changes something in her life it like creates this sort of crucible where she comes out of it a new person yeah. uh and then she and she can never go back right like on yeah. the one hand you can fall back into the same relationship with a person that you haven't seen that's from a different part of your life or past life right but at the same time you're never really that person again right like you've moved on and so that's that's and that's what happens at the end of the the movie i think she realizes oh like that girl that 12 year old girl doesn't exist anymore yeah um and i have to live as the like 40 something year old me (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah um I, I want to, uh, sorry, I, I keep resisting these, these big thematic questions because I, there are just these so many moments, but that's one more thing that I have. The moments to... help get at the thematic questions. Okay. So we're good. The, the, the most audacious act of love of all to me in this movie was, was when Arthur and Sung were alone at the bar, right? Nora, presumably at the bathroom, right? And, and Arthur tells Sung that he did the right thing by like Hyesung is apologizing and saying like, you know, I'm sorry that we, 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 we talked just us. We won't do that anymore. And, um, and, you know, it's clear that his, his heart is a little hurting, right? Arthur, you know, he's paid, he paid the check. He's been sort of ignored, you know, through, through most of the evening. Um, but he says, you did the right thing by coming here. And I believed him, right? It wasn't, mm. he, he wasn't just being polite. He wasn't being polite. He doesn't have to do that. Um, he understands him. And in the, so in the same way that Sung sort of like likes Arthur, um, you know, Arthur likes Sung, um, like despite it all, right? Again, I think that we have so many, there are so many movies and honestly like real life probably also <laughs> that, 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 that where it seems unlikely that people who are in those positions can actually respect one another, like one another. Um, but I think that something about this phase of life um, enables you to look at someone who maybe does have sort of romantic designs on someone that you care about to look at them with empathy and with compassion. And that's pretty radical. Like mm-hmm. that yeah. kind of generosity in a love triangle that I have never seen um, in a movie. And, um, and, and again, it's just, it's, it was awesome um, to watch. And again, a, an expansion of what it means to love, right? Because for those characters to show, I mean, I don't know if you call it love, but, but to show that kind of understanding for one another and to be that accepting of one another, of, of each other's love for the same person that they, you know, 
um, that they feel that connected to, I think was, um, was such a, a, an act of generosity um, that, that I thought was just beautiful. And to me, um, eclipsed a lot of the sort of like the, the, the lush romance parts of it is just that, that those people, those unlikely, the most unlikely of characters to connect. Finding that right. And, and they, they say that they have Inyong to, to the two yeah. of them as well. Right. Yeah. Which is like never, I mean, like, yeah, I never could have predicted that, that at all. Um, based on every other movie I've ever seen. Right? <laughs> um, so yeah. And they, yeah, the idea that, no, we're, we're all kind of tied up in this big story together and are just trying to figure it out um, is, yeah, it's really, it's really powerful. It's, it makes, yeah. It, Cause I feel like I would actually have been actively annoyed if this <laughs> movie had made him the unlikable, you're not rooting for him. You're rooting for Sung. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And that's not even a part of the movie, this movie, right? Like, it's like, you don't, I never, at no point was I like, oh, who do I choose? Like, who do I want to win? Yeah. Right? Like, it's not, it's not even, that's not even an issue. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I think, yeah, Arthur, props to Arthur. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great character. And also like, okay, so here's a question. This is not really thematic or deep at all, but like, how much Korean do you think Arthur actually knows? Um, I think he, I think he knows a fair amount. Like, I think okay. that he, I think that he could like get around, like if he were visiting the country, I think that he could like get around, but I think that, um, I, I don't, I think that he can get like, in terms of the conversation that they're having at that bar, I think he can get enough of it to, for, to be incredibly frustrated. <laughs> right. 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 To hear words like that. He was like, Oh, they, he just said husband. Like, you know, like they're talking about me. Yeah. And then they actually turn around and like, we're talking about you. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think he knows when, when, I think he kind of senses it, can sense it, even if he doesn't totally right. understand it. Why? What, what is your intuition about it? I, I would agree. Like, I think part of the, fi the film was sort of partly playing with this idea that like, again, in a lesser movie, yeah. they would have that whole conversation and he'd be just like totally in the dark. But I think the fact that he, they've established that he over time has tried to learn Korean yeah. And that he says like, oh, like my Korean's terrible. Like they they talk about how his Korean's terrible, but then when he actually starts speaking Korean, his song's like, wait, actually his Korean's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, that I think that that sets it up so that Arthur may even be an even nobler character because he actually has overheard a lot of their conversation, you know, and he knows the extent to which they are close. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. um, whereas like, in a, again, in a lesser movie, that conversation where they're like cutting him out kind of could easily be like this, like weird forbidden secret thing, yeah. mm -hmm. like illicit kind of for yeah thing. But in this, it's not. And like, even more so if we, if we factor in that, he probably is understanding at least part of what they're talking about. Right. Yeah. Um, uh and he pays the bill too right <laughs> he pays the bill yeah what a guy what a guy, <laughs> a guy. <laughs> um okay so yeah i think the last piece of this which we've touched on a couple times but haven't talked about explicitly and then i want to get to oscar's watch is yeah. you know this this a big part of this as i said at the at the opening this movie has so much in it that's universal and relatable for everybody i think who watches it but at the same time it is so specific to the Asian American and specifically Asian American immigrant experience, right? Like I think the contrast between Nora as a Korean American. And then she says like, um, Hey song is Korean, Korean, right? <laughs> Which yeah. is hilarious. Um, 
is a is a big part of the, a part of the story and so like i'm just curious like what what were your thoughts about that like how do you think it represented it was there some 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 insight that we gained to that experience that maybe other films haven't given us i i think actually in the course of this conversation you've convinced me more about the the about that that part of the movie um being as integral as it is because i i wasn't quite sure when i when i when when i thinking about it i wasn't i wasn't quite sure that the moment that i remembered the most that i liked the most was a line that she said about um how when she first immigrated she cried all the time but mm. then stopped when she realized no one cared <laughs> oh yes I, and I and I think I loved it. And to me, that's that also felt kind of very Asian. This idea that your sadness will stop if no one pays attention to it. Um. <laughs> well, and they established that when she's in Korea as a twelve-year-old, that she was a quote, quote unquote cry baby. Yeah, right. And that Hey right. Hey Sung just like watched her cry all the time. Right. <laughs> oh, that's true. You know, and that that's true. That connects it too. That right, like that he was a person who would always sort of like indulge her would sympathize with her, who had like empathy for her. That again is sort of the roots of that. Because her parents definitely get, you get the sense that they are not like the, um, the most empathetic people, right? Um, um, but I, it, it just feels like once once we get to Nora in the young adult stage, she is like fairly fully assimilated at that point. So we don't get as much of sort of like the, immig the immigrant struggle, except for occasional references back to it. Um, so, so I wasn't quite sure that I, 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 I'm not sure that, that it was unsuccessful in any way, but it just that, but I wasn't, I wasn't sure how central to the text it was. Um, right. You now, saw that more as just a part of the character as opposed to part of the story. Yeah. But you are convincing me that maybe, maybe that, that it is in fact more so. So, so please tell me more. Yeah. I think, I think it is just because there's the, the break, the, the, there's a parallel, right? The break that she has but also the the longing and the the lingering connection but also kind of like almost like a phantom limb like it's like a ghostly kind of connection that she has yeah. to korea right um is is i think one represents the other like one is a i'm gonna get this wrong a metonym for the other right like Song is a metonym for her relationship with korea yeah. in a lot of ways and yeah. so the idea that 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 only through reconnecting with him does she realize how much of herself has changed culturally and yeah. that and and linguistically and just like her even just like her personality her taste right because like <laughs> i love the first time we hear her break into english in the movie i think is when she says eternal sunshine of the spotless mind yeah and she says it with such an American. it's like it's like giada pronouncing italian ingredients like it's like <laughs> that's a deep cut for food network fans i guess yeah. uh but like you know it's like it's the reverse of that where she has such an american accent when she says the title of that film and then goes straight back it's like seamlessly into korean and but then also like then when they show hey sung going to watch the movie right because <laughs> Because that's what you do when you have a crush on someone. You, do. you try yeah. to absorb all their tastes, right? Like, <laughs> like, like I have plenty of mixed CDs that that prove that um, from college. Um, but yeah, like you know, and I feel like the so the 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 idea that she's being reconfronted with this 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 person from her past and a potential romance from romantic person interest from her past, I think is very much tied to tied up in her relationship with korea because she's young enough when you when she's you know she's 12 
Like, I feel like that's young enough. And I'm just basing this anecdotally on like people I know who are, who were younger immigrants, right? People who were still kind of like of school age when they immigrated. Um, that like, that's young enough that you like, don't really remember what it was like not being American. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, or that, or you're like, it, you're malleable enough that you just come out as American on the other end and not like, not as, not as if you were an adult immigrating to another country, you know what I mean? Like, and so I feel like there's a lot of that where, and just the way she's explaining like this writer's residency to him. And like, she's just like, and you, you can tell she's kind of overwhelmed where she's like, Oh, like, how do I even go about explaining this to him? Like, he's like, um, this is something that he doesn't. And, and then it cuts the other way too, because he's trying to, talk to her about like why he didn't end up getting like he broke up with his girlfriend because he was too poor to get married or what you know like yeah and that that's a very korean thing yeah. or at least that's how they present it in the movie yeah. um so yeah. like and then she she has a hard time understanding that too so it's like there's this interesting barrier that's that's geographical and cultural along along with the, the time and the the distance of their relationship yeah yeah you know there now that you've mentioned it there is a lot of his talk about himself is is about is is sort of like self diminishing, right? It's it's about how he's ordinary. He has an ordinary job. He's ordinary, and he doesn't make a lot of money. And um, I don't know. There's I don't know. We could talk for a long time about like Hey Sung in particular, and like what what he's actually feeling toward Nora and what the roots of his affection are. I mean, yes, they were planted as a child or whatever, like that, that there's that, but, but there's something else about, about her that feels like um, endless possibility and feels like mm. realized that feels like, like very American, right? Like American dreamy, whatever um, that, that um, um, because like of the three characters, I feel like I, even though we spend a lot of time with him in the course of the, of the film, um, you know, like when he's, when he calls himself sort of ordinary, you know, you, you kind of want to say like, no, 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 you're, you're wonderful. <laughs> but like, you also see like his life in Korea with like those, those like guys that he's always with. And you're like, yeah, that is kind of ordinary. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. <laughs> that, yeah. Um, it's very bro -y. Yeah. It's very bro -y. That, that That's, that, that doesn't seem like Nora, like I, I couldn't imagine Nora at that table. <laughs> right. Like, right. Um, so, um, and actually they, they set that up from the very beginning, right? Because, and they never talk about that. I think Nora and Sung never actually talk about this, but yeah. she says, or maybe Sung mentions it, but then she doesn't respond. I can't remember now, but like when she's a child, she tells her class or she tells somebody I'm moving, moving to, I'm moving because I'm immigrating because Koreans never win the Nobel prize. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Right. So she's like, in order to realize this dream I have, I can't yeah. stay here. Yeah. And so I feel like that defines their relationship from the get go where she's the one. And they say this at the end where she's the one who leaves. Right. Yeah. That's who she is to him. And then but then with Arthur, she's the one who stays. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so like. Oh, that's good lines, too. That's those are such, those yeah, are such right? lines. That's that's. Yeah. You're the one who leaves. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. Uh, but he doesn't say that with malice, right? It's almost oh, with sadness. No, no, where he, I think he finally realizes, well, like this is just how it is. Like this is this has always been how we are, and yeah. is that really something upon which to start a relationship? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, um, yeah no, and it kind of like I. Oh, sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. 
I, I just say no one says anything with malice in this movie, right? And that's that's an unusual thing, right? Because uh, even though like right, no one yelling, there's no os- yelly op- Oscar clip in this movie. There isn't. There isn't. There isn't. Which I guess which maybe Oscar Oscar. Watch. Yes, <laughs> you see what I did there. I do. I do. <laughs> segue. Um, the very inelegant segue. I've gotten very good at that. Um, so so we've already talked about just at this like kind of tangentially that this has a lot of Oscar buzz already. And, you know, it feels eerily similar to the conversations happening about everything everywhere all at once around this time of year, because people were like, oh, does this movie have what it takes to run the marathon that is the Oscar race if you come out in early in the year? Right. Um, So, yeah. What are your thoughts right now? Like, do you feel like it has Oscar potential? Like, is it as big is, you know, is it as shoe as much of a shoe in into like, say, best picture or whatever, as people seem to think it is? I, I, I hope that it is. I, I'm I'm a little bit skeptical about Best Picture. I mean, with 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 the expanded nominee list, right? With like if there with ten slots, I think that it, it's certainly possible. Um, but I I do think that the Oscars have a thing against romances of this scale. Like when you think of like Oscar romances, you think of like big epics like The English Patient. Um, and when I when I try to think back to like, well, what's a what was like a smaller scale sort of romance? that won the best picture and it was like Annie Hall. <laughs> it was like in the seventies. Right. Um, I think the categories that I could see it getting nominated in, in, in order of likelihood are original screenplay, um, best supporting actor, and then, and then hopefully best actress. <laughs> um, that, that's what I could, that's what I could see. What do you think? I can't disagree with anything you just said. I feel like I'm more skeptical about it going all the way. But I can I'm not going to rule it out at this yeah. point because yeah. I think it's so it's so good. Okay. But yeah, I think screen screenplay is the definite. Yes. Like I'm I'm flipping a table if like this doesn't get a sc- yeah. <laughs> original screenplay writer, nomination. Writer, writers tend to be better about like nominating things that are, um, are recognizing these kinds of works. Right. right. Yes, for sure. Um, so I think that's pretty safe. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where it starts. Like that's our minimum yep. that we're starting at then yeah acting really depends on how ever what the competition is yeah because i feel like a lot of these performances since they are so subtle and again as i said that we don't have the go-to oscar bait clip like what what clip would they even show from this movie i guess is this like <laughs> for traditional oscar bait you know what i mean like it would be i would have a hard time finding that because because everything every conversation is so quiet and like yeah. You know, even even mature and even keeled and not shouting um and so maybe that's why i like this movie so much because no one's shouting in this movie and i, I don't yeah. like people sh- shouting in my real life and so like yeah. um uh but yeah so i think the act the performances can easily get squeezed out for flashier ones yeah that is my that would be my concern so like it really kind of depends on how things later on pan out i see you have killers of the flower moon <laughs> right i mean i would love to see i haven't even seen killer flower moon yet right it's not coming out until the fall seen, but like i would love to see like lily gladstone and, <laughs> and greta lee next yeah. to each other yeah on oscar night that would be amazing so like but you know if i'm trying to think at this point what's the main upcoming competition potentially like if for best actress i don't even know have we? Because we, the problem is that we also haven't really had anything that's 
currently competition for this movie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like it's been a pretty for Oscar movies. It's been pretty slow year so far, which is which is natural in terms of the life cycle of the Oscar award season. It is. It is. So that's not like a weird thing, but like you know, a lot more could come along. Um, yeah. Col- mean, the color purple. The color purple could easily have a ton of nom- acting nominations yeah. that like squeeze squeeze these ones out. I mean, look, um, it's June. I hope that we have like a lot of great performances that we're going to talk about and that we're going to love. Um, but I, I, I do feel like this is a movie that's going to endure that I'm going to, I'm going to remember very fondly. And, and I hope that some of these things will get nominated. I, I agree. Also screenplay is the most surefire thing, but the only one that I feel very secure, fairly secure about. Um, but, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what, what comes in the next month. So what we'll be talking about. Um, but, um, I think it also heavily depends on if critics, choose this is the movie to champion mm, because yeah. it, the the campaign that this would need to have to yeah. get a, get lots of nominations i think would need to be similar to drive my car where it's like a word a strong word of mouth critical critics are like no this is the movie everyone has to go see this is the movie you need to be paying attention to and then that pushes it kind of into the conversation so i think i feel like if the if the buzz for this sustains and doesn't fade, then we might be in good shape. Um, but yeah, I would, yeah, I would, lo- I would lo- honestly love acting nominations for all three of them. Yeah, that's 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 the that's a big stretch. But you know, the actor who plays Arthur is doing a great job. It's really hard to to do his role, I think, and do it well. It is. Um, now, would you put him in lead or supporting? I put him in supporting. Yeah, I think that that's probably. I right. think I think I think Greta's the only one who's in who's yeah. in lead. I think Sung it would be the character, the actor who, sorry, I don't remember his name. The actor who plays Sung would end up in category fraud, right? Because he, in theory, should be a lead, <laughs> but he would end up, inevitably, they would put him supporting, um, yeah. which is fine. Um, but yeah, oh, and then we'd have the problem of like, if there are two of them competing against each other, they cancel each other out, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> we're not even close to there yet. Um, yeah. And I feel like yeah, crafts categories would be the tough the the in, if we're thinking about going all the way with best picture, mm. um, and staying in the conversation. I feel like it would really need to be on board with the, at least editing, which it could be, but probably wouldn't be. Score, you know, like th- those craft categories, I think it would be tougher for it to get nominated in, and so therefore, like as a long term best pic- actual best picture contender, um. So it might get a nomination for Best Picture, but I think it's probably as far as it goes, would be my guess. I'd be thrilled if it got a nomination for Best Picture. I mean, at this same, even even you know, not seeing all of these heavy hitters that are about to come, um, I it, it just it feels like a very special movie, and um, yeah, and one that I was just incredibly excited to talk to you about. So I'm glad that I we 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 finally got to do it. <laughs> Yay! Um, yeah, so I I have. This has been so great. I was like, who? Like, I need to talk to somebody about this movie in more detail. Uh, so I'm glad we got a chance to really unpack this film. You know, if after listening to if you're still listening and you haven't seen this movie, I don't know what you're doing. Like, I guess just like if I don't know, like, I don't I feel like if you are listening, and you haven't seen this, you probably don't need more convincing. You're probably just like politely finishing this podcast and then you're going to go go watch the movie, hopefully. Um but, and I know, so we're going to wrap things up. I know that, you know, I'm very impressed that you're not 
you don't have a social media presence and I'm, I'm actually a little envious because I'm sure you're using your time a lot of the time much more wisely than I am. But are, is there anything you'd like, any projects you'd like to plug or anything else you want to mention to listeners? Um, I'm, I, I have, I have nothing to plug. I, I will, I'll, I, if, if I'm going to take the opportunity to plug a, a former student and a, and a close friend of mine, his name's Dan Toomey. He works at Morning Brew. He makes the most hilarious videos about the business world. Um, I love his stuff. You can find him at dhtoomey, T-O-M-M-E-Y on Instagram and Twitter. Fantastic. That actually sounds, that sounds, I might check that out. That sounds really funny. <laughs> yeah, <you're> right. <laughs> uh, and you can find me at Sopchakchai, S-O-P-C-H-O-C-K-C-H-A-I on Instagram and Qui-Gon Jen on Letterboxd. And thanks again, Antonio. This was, this was absolutely wonderful. And thanks everyone for listening. Thank you for listening. You can follow The Long Take on Substack at thelongtake.substack.com. Subscribe for free to receive reviews of films with Oscar buzz, as well as new films and series from pop franchises like Star Wars and Marvel. 